This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. That might rat you out and get you in trouble with law enforcement or cooperate with you uh, or against you, excuse me, with law enforcement to get you in some trouble. Who do you think of? Well, if you're a criminal, chances are you probably think of your criminal cohorts. And as you should, those are usually the folks that are going to be the first to rat you out. If you are, um, I don't know, maybe you think of... uh, somebody that was a a former friend of yours that you have wronged in some way, and he may seek to rat you out in order to get some element of revenge. Maybe if there's a a romantic relationship that you're in with a boyfriend or a girlfriend that goes awry, maybe you'd be concerned about that person ratting you out. Well, chances are... (laughs) that you've never thought about this, but it looks like there's a good chance your pharmacist would rat you out to the police. Police have obtained detailed prescription information about patients without serving a warrant. This is from pharmacists at CVS, Rite Aid, and Kroger. I think this is outrageous. There's a huge story on this in the Washington Post, which I highly recommend. You, you've got to check this out. This was uh, this is one of those things where it was a bit of an eye-opener to me, but it's one of those things where I'm simultaneously astonished but not surprised at all. It goes to what I alluded to in our first hour which is you get the feeling that there's this cabal of insiders that run everything and that people fall over themselves to placate these insiders. And this is the next element of this. I mean, think about that. Your personal medical data would be shared with the police without a warrant. This revelation could shape the entire debate over America's health privacy as more and more states 
are moving to criminalize things like abortion. You saw what happened in Texas where that woman who wanted the uh, abortion had to go to another state. And drugs related to reproductive health. There's a big Supreme Court case about this now with the uh, so-called abortion pill. But the nation's largest pharmacy chains, as published in the Washington Post, have handed over Americans' prescription records to police and government investigators without a warrant. That's according to not just the Washington Post, but a congressional investigation. Let me tell you something. This should raise your gander or dander. Gander or dander? Well, it should raise something. It should raise every concern that you have about threats to medical privacy. Though some of the chains require their lawyers to review law enforcement requests, thank goodness, three of the largest, the three that I just mentioned, CVS, Kroger, and Rite Aid, with a combined 60,000 locations nationwide, said they allow pharmacy staff members to hand over customers' medical records in the store. This policy was revealed in a letter sent Monday to Javier Becerra, the secretary of the Department of Health and Human Services by Senator Ron Wyden and uh, Congress uh, Congress people uh, Jaya Paul and Jacobs. And the members began investigating the practice after the Supreme Court decision last year, the Dobbs decision. This revelation really should shape the debate over Americans' expectation of privacy. Pharmacies' records hold some of the most intimate details of your life. They include years-old medical conditions. They include prescriptions that you might take for mental health. They include prescriptions you might take for birth control. And because these chains often share records across all locations, a pharmacy in one state can access a person's medical history from states with more restrictive laws. There's a um, professor at the University of Connecticut Law School by the name of Carly Zubrisky, who wrote last year that this could link a person's out-of-state medical care with a digital trail back to their home state. So, you know, you're always brought up with the understanding that there are HIPAA laws, right, that regulate how health information is used and exchanged among hospitals, among doctor's office. But this law gives pharmacies leeway as to what legal standard they require before disclosing medical records to law enforcement. So in briefings, officials with eight pharmacy giants, in addition to the ones that I just mentioned, you got Walgreens, Cigna, Optum, and Amazon Pharmacy. They told congressional investigators that they required only a subpoena, not a warrant, to share these records. Now, the reason that's significant is presumably with a warrant, a judge will actually have to review it and determine whether there's any reason that you should have access to someone's private medical records. A subpoena is just issued by a government agency. doesn't require a judge's approval. So to obtain a warrant, a cop has to convince a judge that the information is vital to an investigation. So officials with CBS, Rite Aid, and Kroger said they instruct their pharmacy staff to process law enforcement requests on the spot. 
You show up to CVS with a subpoena for my medical records, they'll give them to you. I mean, this is ridiculous. These three pharmacy giants, and I don't necessarily only blame them, although I do blame them. They they say that the staff members face, this is their quote, to the congressional investigators, extreme pressure to immediately respond. Yeah, I understand that. You know, you got some uh, young, youngish pharmacist, 25, 30 years old. Cop comes in there, looking very official, hands you a document that looks very official. This is a subpoena for Frank Morano's medical records. We want a list of all the medications that you've serviced for him ever. Here you go. This is terrible. And these eight pharmacy giants told the congressional investigators that they collectively received tens of thousands of legal demands every year. Most of them are in connection with civil lawsuits, which is even worse. So it's unclear how many were related to law enforcement demands or how many requests were fulfilled. Only one of the companies, Amazon, said it notified customers. So you could have people subpoenaing your medical records at pharmacies like CVS and Rite Aid get the medical records and they wouldn't even tell you. Does that sound like freedom? Let me know your thoughts. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Americans can request the companies tell them if they've ever disclosed their data, but very few people do. Yeah, how are you going to notice? Ask your pharmacist. Oh, by the way, uh, here to pick up a birth con- control prescription, here to pick up an antibiotic, here to pick up uh, a psoriasis medication. Can you let me know if anybody asks for my medical records? Let me tell you something. The next time I go to the drugstore, that's the first thing I'm asking. Jeez. CVS has more than four, 40,000 pharmacists and 10,000 stores in this country. And uh, they receive, they said they received uh, very few consumer requests last year to let people know if their medical records are being requested. How few? Single digits. Single digits. Less than 10 people asked CVS to let them know if somebody was requesting their medical records. If you take nothing else from this program, I hope it's this. I hope that you tell your pharmacy you want to be informed if anybody asks for your medical records. And you want to know if the drugstore is giving it to them. It's ridiculous. So um, CVS said in a statement that it's compliant with HIPAA and that its pharmacy teams are trained on how to appropriately respond to lawful requests from regulatory agencies and law enforcement. Well, forgive me for being cynical. Most investigative requests come with a directive requiring the company to keep them confidential. And for those that don't, on a case-by-case basis, whether it's appropriate to notify the individual, the company intends to begin publishing a transparency report. Well, that's nice. That's nice. I find this uh, very alarming. Curious if you do. You know, the the abortion issue is just one issue. I mean, you could think of this in so many different ways. I mean, um, so the pharmacy data could be 
concerning for the nearly one in three women ages 15 to 44 who live in states where abortion is partially banned or fully banned. Do you want them knowing what kind of medication you're getting? But let's say you're uh, pro-life and yeah, you think it's 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 appropriate. If a 18-year-old is getting a prescription for an abortion drug filled, you want to know about it because you think that's an appropriate thing to prohibit. Well, you could also, you know, if you're one of the people that doesn't think that because you took a, a mental health drug or you took some sort of medication to help you with a mental health drug 10 years ago, that that should prohibit you from getting a weapon. If you live in a state like New York that has very strict gun control laws and prohibitions on people that have had mental health challenges, that's going to happen. I promise you that's going to happen. This is not something that liberals should be concerned about. It's not something conservatives should be concerned about. This is something everyone should be concerned about. 800-848-9222, uh, 800-848-9222. In Texas, for instance, the attorney general there, Ken Paxton, has warned pharmacies that they could face criminal charges for providing women with abortion-inducing drugs. Some states, Montana, Pennsylvania, Louisiana, they have some additional protections for medical data disclosure, but uh, federal law enforcement is not subject to their laws. So even if you live in Pennsylvania, Montana, or Louisiana, okay, the state police come looking for your medical records, they're probably not going to hand them over, at least not without a warrant, but they will hand them over to the FBI or the IRS or a regulatory, a federal law enforcement or regulatory agency. Um... Well, I think this just stinks. 800-848-9222 if you have a comment. Uh, two open lines, 800-848-9222. There's one of those shows. We're going to talk with Jim McCann from 1-800-Flowers in just a few minutes about uh, happier subjects and happier things, including how to celebrate the season of giving. But this is one of those shows where it's kind of like my favorite meal of the week. One of my favorite meals of the week is when maybe you don't feel like cooking, maybe your husband or wife doesn't feel like cooking, so what do you do? You take a look at all the leftovers that are in the refrigerator and you bring them all out and that's what you have. You have a smorgasbord. I did this maybe two months ago. I cleared out my smorgasbord of topics and so today... I was looking at the, you know, I always make a list of subjects that I want to bring up, right? And sometimes it's something that I just want to bring up as a quick mention for, you know, a minute. Other times it's something that I want to spend 10, 15, 20 minutes talking about. And that gets the same line in my notes, in my Microsoft Word document. So I look today and I have 25 pages it's double space, but 25 pages of lists of stuff that I want to bring out. And I said, this is just too much. So if it doesn't get mentioned after today, it's not getting mentioned. And I'm starting from scratch tomorrow. So this is going to be my opportunity to get a lot of this stuff out there. So uh, pharmacies can share your data without a warrant. Be warned. Don't say I didn't warn you. 800-848-9222. Let me say hello to Marianne in the Queens. Hi, Marianne. Good morning, Frank. 
Um, Frank, I have a question. Can the people make a referendum to challenge the Congress or government policies? Marion, that is such a wonderful question. And unfortunately, under the uh, present Constitution, the uh, the answer is no. There was a presidential candidate that ran uh, for for. Uh, for president in the year 2008 by the name of Senator Mike Gravel. He had used to be he used to be a senator in Alaska. Brilliant man. He's the one that read the Pentagon Papers into the record. Very much a maverick. Used to be a cab driver in New York City when he was going to Columbia. Uh, he passed away a few years ago, unfortunately. But he proposed exactly that, that the people, if they don't like what Congress is doing, should be able to pass laws themselves. I, I think he called it the National Referendum Act. But no, as it stands now, there is no ability for a national referendum on anything. And what about uh, the Supreme Court? Can they do something about it? Let me tell you why I ask this question. Because it seems to me that the government, especially the Congress, are going back to the 1800s when after the two Federalist presidents, Washington and Adams, finished a, a party named Democrat-Republican took over for almost 30 years. And I see that this is coming back. Why they are putting those races uh, in Russia borders when we have borders that have been violated? We have invasions there, and they haven't done anything about it. Marion, that's a very good point. A very good point. Thank you. Hey, I got an SMS text message from Ellen, who's... uh, when it was a former listener of the week, she's in the Facebook group. She writes, and it's a good point that I didn't think to mention. CVS owns Aetna. So another concern is whether this information could be used to deny you medical insurance because of your medical records. That is a good point. For Well, for better or worse, under, under Obamacare, and I know President Trump says he wants to repeal this, but under Obamacare, they're not able to deny you uh, insurance if you have a pre-existing condition. So I, I don't think that's an immediate concern. Uh, I think the concern most immediately is if you're someone that takes abortion medication and has gotten abortion medication in one of the states where it's illegal to do so. One in three women apparently fit that bill. But um, I could see all sorts of other areas where this goes haywire. As I mentioned, mental health and guns, but I can think of a whole bunch of other areas. 800-848-9222, uh, Someone else text messages me, and you could send me an uh, SMS text if you want as well, at 816-8-MORANO. That's uh, 816-8-M-O-R-A-N-O. Uh, This person writes, this is similar to cops getting your location and general data from a cell phone company and cloud storage providers. They can skip the warrant for your phone and just use a subpoena because you've already provided the data to a third party. Besides, there is no such thing as a pharmacist customer privilege. Um, Yeah, I guess technically you're right. And that's why they're saying they don't have to adhere to HIPAA. But I think a lot of people just assume that anything in that whole realm of doctor's offices, hospitals, getting prescriptions, getting prescriptions filled, that at least the spirit of HIPAA is that it shouldn't be disclosed, at least not without a warrant. I don't know. 800-848-9222, Robert's in Suffolk. Hi, Robert. Hi, Frank. Yeah, I was wondering about insurance companies disclosing information just based on a written request. 
not even a subpoena, much less a warrant. That's even worse. You know, that is a good question, Robert. I'm not sure what what insurance companies have done on this front in terms of uh, complying with uh, subpoenas and things like that. You know, I, I this is, I think, the third or fourth day in a row that there's been a big story that we've covered. And Senator Ron Wyden is at the heart of this. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to reach out. To Senator Ron Wyden tomorrow, his wife has been a guest on this program, a great lady, she's a New Yorker, and I'm going to see if maybe maybe he'll come on the show and I'll ask him that very question, Robert, because it is a good one. 800-848-9222, that's 800-848-9222. Frank is in New Jersey. Hi, Frank. Yeah, Frank from Highlands. Hi, Frank. Um, well... Uh, I just want to uh, talk about or actually ask you what your opinion is on this. Uh, what is a nonviolent insurrection? It's the voice of America's right to se- separate these issues of policies to continue toward the dis- devastation of war. We would not only remind and make aware that our militaries and alliances, their number one objective is to profiteer in rebuilding while maintaining peace. Um, and insurrection is a legal protection of the people for the people. Okay? And, um, and um, you know, there's a, um, there's a voice of America is the voice of humanity. And uh, December 16th, EIM 2024, um, it's uh, just better than most productions. And it's, um, the email is better, just better than most at Gmail. Yeah, but uh, Frank, we, I'm not even clear what it is that you're promoting. I, didn't even, I don't even understand what it is. What are they actually hoping to do? Well, the NBAA is, 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 is keeping the power of the, of humanity, of people, of, of the definition of what America is from, 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 uh, if, 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 uh, President Trump or an independent gets in there, he doesn't have the power to supersede something that is just profitable for war. Yeah. I, I, it's a fair point, Frank. I, I think, I think I agree with the spirit of what you're saying, but as is often the case, I, I, it's, he's a little into the weeds for me, and you know maybe I'm just not as bright as as others. All right, hey, um, I'll tell you about a guy who is bright. We're going to talk with uh, Jim McCann from One Eight Hundred Flowers in just a bit. He is a great guy, and uh, he's got quite a bit to say on the subject of Christmas and on the subject of giving. I'll tell you, I really enjoyed the interview we did yesterday with Elliot Gordon, and. I was blown away with that story that he told me about Tom Dreesen and uh, Frank Sinatra and what Tom Dreesen did for Frank Sinatra's birthday. I thought it was so creative. In fact, I emailed Tom Dreesen yesterday to let him know uh, that I didn't know that story, and I think it's great. Hopefully we'll have Tom Dreesen back on the show again. And there are all sorts of people in my life that I could probably do that for. See if I can get some tips from um, Jim McCann straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. 
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I am Frank Morano. We are counting down the days until Christmas and uh, New Year's, and usually this is a very joyous time, a fun time, a time where you get to go to a lot of parties, a time where you get to connect with a lot of family and friends that you don't generally get to see, but it can also be a time that's very stressful. You feel like there aren't enough hours in the day. You feel like there might not be enough money in your banking account to get everything everybody that you need to get gifts for to begin with. Uh, You feel like you're spread in many different directions. And now that it seems like there's maybe two hours of daylight, at least for people like me who are totally nocturnal, it can feed into this seasonal affective disorder, which more and more people seem to be struggling with. That's why around this time of year, I like to help people stay focused on the positives, what they can do for others, uh, not only in their own life, but even sometimes perfect strangers. A guy who has become sort of my guru of giving is uh, Jim McCann. He's not only a very successful entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, and the founder of uh, 1-800-Flowers, but he's really helped me uh, kind of move into more of a gratitude mindset, more of a gratitude way of thinking. And he struck me as the perfect person to talk to around this time of year. Hey, Jim, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. I hope you're doing Doing well. Thanks for joining me on the radio again. Doing uh, great, Frank, and uh, thanks for the opportunity. By the way, Frank, I, I just have to tell you, you've been doing some really great shows lately. The stuff you did with Santos and, and, the, and the editorial you did a couple of days before that about your thoughts on, uh, on the whole idea of his uh, being thrown out of the house and whether or not that should happen. It's just really good stuff, except it's keeping me up later and later. <laughs> 
I I appreciate that, Jim. You're very kind. Thanks a lot. Hey, uh, so they call this time of year the season of giving. Now, it, it's easy for people talk radio uh, listeners, particularly in the New York area, to say, oh, okay, yeah, giving, giving. That's just something that churches say when they need to raise more money. That's just something that <laughs> department right. stores say when they need to uh, get people to buy stuff. What does the season of giving mean to you, Jim? And how do you think people can really live that and embody that? Well, I think it's it's big and little. What I mean by that, Frank, is it's the little things. Like it's a crazy busy time of the year. Obviously, we have business between our Harry and David and our one eight hundred flowers and our Cheryl's cookies. All those brands, of course, this is peak season for us. So busy. But you have to remind yourself that giving. Well, for us, we discovered over the last couple of years doing a lot of work on what we really are, what we really do. We emerged with an idea that we've been embracing more and more, which is giving itself. The act of giving is the genuine gift. So giving is the gift. And what we mean by that is it doesn't have to be tangible. If it is, we have wonderful gifts for you. But it's it's giving of your time. It's giving of your emotion. It's It's connecting. It's saying hello. It's sending a note. Last night, I got together with a buddy of mine. He and I became good business friends and then became personal friends. With COVID, we realized it had been five or six years since we got together in person. And we were able to get together last night and have a glass of wine together. And boom, we're right back where we were six years ago when we were last connected on a regular basis. The friendship seeds are there. They're reignited. You're back in the same place. Now, that can, you know, we were lucky we were able to do it in person where it hadn't been able to work out before. But it's, it could have been a phone call out of the blue saying, I was just thinking of you. And those are giving that way, giving your thoughts, your emotion, your attention is what really matters. And it's not just for the person who you're extending yourself to, who you're reaching out to, who you're emotionally investing in, taking a risk in reaching out to. It's for yourself. And we have a, I have a friend and a great advisor. His name is Dr. George Everly. And he's down at Johns Hopkins School of Public Health. And he was explaining to us, we had a, a, a leadership conference here a few weeks ago, and he was explaining to us that there is scientific evidence that giving is something very good for us. And they measure it chemically in the brain. So at the center of the brain is a section called the amygdala, And it's a Latin word for almond. And there are two almond-shaped uh, uh, areas of the brain where, where we have our fight-or-flight kind of mechanism where our anxiety breeds and lives. But it's also where our pleasure and our satisfaction, our reactions come from, too. So when we give of ourselves a gift or an embrace or express ourselves to somebody or go out of our way to connect, it makes us feel good. And you have a measurable chemical reaction in a brain that changes how we feel. So when you realize that you can, you, we can control the chemistry of our brain by our behavior, by our thoughts, it makes you realize that this giving season had a reason for why it came about and why it's evolved. And it gives you an idea of how we can think and act better for ourselves and for everyone around us. You know, it's so interesting that you say that when we think about the science behind giving, it's been backed up in many different, uh, many different research studies over the years. Uh, it's so easy to think about ways to give to the less fortunate, but there mm -hmm. is another challenge for a lot of people, which is how do you give something to someone that's meaningful to you that might be difficult to shop for? For instance, you know, I'm 
I'm very grateful to John Katsimatidis for giving me this job. I mean, he's a billionaire. I had no, would have no idea what to get him in terms of a, a gift. I had uh, Elliot Gordon on this program yesterday. We were talking about a birthday gift that Tom Dreesen had given to Frank Sinatra, and he basically yeah. bought um, something like 5,000 meals for homeless people in Sinatra's name. And they, the homeless folks all got a note that says, you know, compliments of Frank Sinatra. And then that started a trend of other people giving that to Sinatra as a birthday gift. If there's someone in your life that you want to express gratitude for, that you want to show you're thinking of around the holiday season, what can you get them if you have no idea what to get them? Well, I think what you just expressed is the way you start saying, I wanted to find something. I'm not that clever, but I thought that if I told you how I was thinking about you, that in itself is good. What goes along with that, if anything, is secondary. The fact that you said and exposed yourself, saying, I wanted to think of something that was really good. Uh, and, and maybe I came down with a, maybe it was a bottle of wine, maybe it was a gift basket, maybe it was some chocolates. But I, I just wanted to tell you that you mean so much to me, and I wanted to be more creative than I am, but I wanted to express myself. And I think that gift is your expression. You saying, John, I'm so appreciative of what you've done for me and the opportunity, the platform you give me. I work hard every day to make it a great decision on your part, but I feel inadequate about uh, it properly expressing myself. That's your gift. That's what you can give him. In terms of uh, the written word, right? And when you express a comment like that, I find that a handwritten note goes a long way. Are you a handwritten note guy? I am, uh, I am Frank, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it gets more important every day because we become more and more digital. So the fact that you would sit down and write that note out with that uh, bottle of wine, that box of chocolates that you gave to John, or that, that gift of that fruit basket you sent him, that's what really matters, that you took the time to express yourself. That's what he's going to remember. Next year, he's not going to remember, unless it was Harry and David, pairs, <laughs> but he's not likely to remember <laughs> what you gave him, but he's going to remember how he felt when he read that card. And the, the people don't remember what you say or do. They, and this is according to uh, Maya Angelou, but they certainly remember how you made them feel. Uh, talking with Jim McCann, he's the founder of 1-800-Flowers and of, uh, of Smile Farms. Jim, I know the holiday season's a, a busy time for you, and I have to tell you, uh, 1-800-Flowers came through Johnny on the spot for me once again last week when I sent a, a get well gift to a, a friend of mine that was recovering from some, uh, from some surgery, and uh, she really, really liked it because it meant a lot to her. She's a dog person, and there was a, a gift with a dog in it and everything, which was really great. But aside from working our doggable collection. <laughs> yeah, I, th- th- let me tell you, this was was really special to her. But aside from working, which I'm sure you're doing plenty of for the next couple of weeks, what do you do around the holidays? What do you do for Christmas and New Year's and that whole thing? The good news is we have three kids and seven grandkids and they're all nearby. And so we'll we'll stay local through the holiday. And we I'm trying to invent things. I'm, I'm very conscious of the fact that uh, I'm, the, there's less in front of me than there is behind me in terms of lifespan. And we're focused, I'm focused a lot on rituals. And you and I have chatted about that before. And I got to believe in your house, uh, Carmine being what, two years old now, Christmas is going to be very different this year than last year. He's, he's probably excited, but not quite sure why he's excited. And you're excited for him. But these are the times that you can create rituals or things that 
just you and he do together or things that you do just as a family, an immediate family. In your household, I would imagine there's seven different kind of fish on Christmas Eve. <laughs> but those <laughs> they're, they're... rituals matter. There is, there is indeed. Uh, there is indeed. Hey, uh, Jim, I always really enjoy talking with you. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me in the wee hours in the morning. Thank you very much. Have a great Christmas and a happy new year. I look forward to chatting you a lot more uh, with a, a lot more after the new year as well. Frank, have a very Merry Christmas. I hope it's perfect for you and your family. Thank you. Uh, best to you as well. It's Jim McCann, founder of 1-800-Flowers and of Smile Farms. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to give me a call. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight, straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side at Midnight with Frank Morano. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Yeah. Just like the ones I, 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 I used to know. With the treetops glisten. And, and the children listen. To hear sleigh bells in the snow. Oh, yes. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. With every Christmas card I write. Yes, maybe he's no Bing Crosby, but he's certainly close to it. William Shatner from his great Christmas album, Shatner Claus. Love it. Absolutely love uh, this album, and it's a, a gem. And, you know, it's funny. Some of the greatest Christmas songs in American history were all written by... Jewish writers, Jewish songwriters. And it's so interesting to me that William Shatner, in producing one of the greatest Christmas albums of all time, Shatner Claus, he happens to be Jewish as well. Uh, by the way, if you are if you are Jewish, I believe tonight is the final night of Chanukah. I hope you enjoy it. We've been lighting the menorah in our house. Carmine gets a big kick out of it. And um, hopefully you, you've had a nice Hanukkah. And these eight nights have treated you very well. 800-848-9222. Matt Blaze, I know you're Jewish, but not the most observant Jew. Have you been doing anything Hanukkah-related? I've had uh, latkes. Oh, you have? Yes. What, at that your house? Or? Yes. I mean, I buy them. I don't make them anymore. My mom would make them, but I, I don't know how to make so them. So you are observing Hanukkah? In that sense, <laughs> well, why are you? I at, mean, because I'm not lighting candles or oh, anything not. like you don't, that. So no, you don't have a menorah? It, no, no, I don't okay. have a menorah. But I, I had some latkes. That's, oh, that's, well, good. Now, do you yeah. do the applesauce or the sour cream? 
Oh, 100% applesauce. Applesauce. 100%. Yeah, that's what I think I prefer. I like both. You know, the, the, the problem with the sour cream, you know, ideally you do two. Because you can't really do more than two because they're very heavy. But uh, ideally, I, I like to do one with applesauce and one with sour cream. Nothing against sour cream. It's great. Put a little bit of it in some chili. It's great to throw a little bit of it in, uh, you know, a burrito or something. But... It's too, it's just way, it takes a latka, which is already heavy, and then it makes it so much more heavy. It's like you want to immediately feel full, not as you're chewing and enjoying your meal, but immediately feel full, have a latka with some sour cream, and it's like you're done. You're done. Applesauce, I don't know. Feels like it helps it slide in a little bit better. If you want to email me, uh, you can do so. Frank.Morano at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. That's Frank.M-O-R-A-N-O at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. I also have this email list that I um, that I keep, and I'll, I'll send out emails with when we're doing something special. If I've written something or if uh, we're, you know, interviewing someone that's uh, very noteworthy and whenever there's updates about something that I'll do, I'll, I'll bla- send out an email blast. But something that I didn't realize, and I want to thank a former anonymous listener of the week for this. He said that the email service that I use, which I'm spending a lot of money on, honestly, this is the one monthly fee that my wife wanted me to do away with. But I think it's important, this level of email marketing he said that uh the email service that i'm using that they convert all of my links to um something uh, i don't know they, they convert the links to make them safe or something uh oh okay so they change all of the links to begin with rs6.net that's apparently for link tracking so your mailing list, my mailing list mailings get flagged as phishing or spam, which it's not. It's not phishing nor spam. So this fella had to set his email to recognize my name to keep it out of the junk filter. So I always wonder, people say, oh, I subscribe to your emails. I subscribe to your emails, but I'm not getting any of your emails. This might be what happens. So you might have to set my your email filters to keep me out of the junk filter or if you just want me in your junk filter put me right there but uh there was some articles written about this constant contact is aware of the problem and they won't turn off the link tracking so on the one hand i do like to see who clicks on my links i'll just tell you this one thing i probably shouldn't tell you this but i will i was looking when i sent out the george santos interview that we did recently which jim mccann was just kind enough to mention do you (laughs) You know, I see who opens it, and then not everybody who opens it clicks the interview. There were so many people that are on my email list that are in the Department of Justice that all clicked to listen to that Santos interview. So it is interesting to me that I can see, oh, wow, the DOJ people were very interested in that George Santos interview. I'm sure it has nothing to do that he um, with the fact that he's under federal criminal indictment. But I'm a victim here of people thinking that my emails are junk mail. So if you're not getting my emails and you've asked to be on my email list, it might be 
because your mail settings aren't set up to recognize me. So email me if you want to be on my list, frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. And if you're not getting my emails, just adjust your settings accordingly. I'm working on a big email today. I am about a third of the way done, maybe a little more than a third of the way done. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Bob is in New Jersey. Hi, Bob. Hey, how are you, Frank? About the latkes. In our house, we always sprinkle sugar the latkes. You put sugar on the latkes, you said? Yeah, we don't have no applesauce, we don't have no sour cream, so we always put the sugar as long as I leave. Uh, so do you still do that? Yeah, oh. yeah, pretty much. Well, it, whatever works for you, Bob. You know, latkes are a food that everybody should enjoy in their own way. Yeah, I'm just saying that. That's the other way to do it. Great yep. show, Frank. Thanks, Bob. Good night. Thanks for listening. You too. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. You know, I just finished the uh, the cybersecurity training that we have to do, uh, that all the employees have, have, to, have to do. And one of the things they say is you should always get updates and things of that nature. Well, well on my computer, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine. I have about... 40 tabs open on my computer of stuff that I'm going to read, mostly articles that I'm going to read when I get around to it. I don't want to X out the tab because I know even if I put it on a list somewhere, that means I'm never going to read it. And then my email, I was turned on my computer the, yesterday morning and all these weird ads started popping up. I said, uh-oh. Uh-oh, I know what this means. This is spyware and adware. I might they're, they're trying to give me a virus or something along those lines. But I want to make sure all my Microsoft Word documents are saved. So let me save these Word documents and let me restart my computer. Because when you restart, you get, you know, these updates, which supposedly are good for your security. And I did that. I also did a virus scan. I have a virus software on my computer or an antivirus software on my computer. And I scanned and it said I didn't have any viruses. Okay, that's good. And I'm able to reopen my Microsoft Word, no problem. I re- reopen my internet browser, no problem. And then I can't restore all my old tabs. And some of these tabs I've had open for months and these are articles that I want to read, but if I can't restore them, I'll have no way of remembering which tabs they were. And I said, oh, no, please tell me this restart didn't stop me from, you know, from getting this, getting these tabs read. So sure enough, eventually I was able to mess around with Google Chrome and restore these Google, these tabs. But it was very hairy there for a second. I thought all this work... And finding all these interesting tabs, I thought all of it had been for naught. But thankfully, I was able to restore it. It was a a false alarm. I was real panicked there for about 15 minutes. So there's that. All right, 800-848-9222. We're going through anything and everything. Any subject is fair game. If you want to comment, 800-848-9222. We're going to talk a little bit about Russia and Zelensky with uh, Brian Kilmeade. A little bit later, but it's a very interesting story because this is a wild story, actually. A there was a fella from Russia, a Russian man 
was able to fly to the United States without a passport, without a visa, or a ticket. Without a ticket. So the FBI is now investigating how this Russian man, a country which we have very hostile relations with right now, flew from Europe to LAX with no ticket and no passport. I mean, it is bizarre. And thankfully, I think this thing is kind of rare. But this man flew from Europe to L.A. without a passport or a plane ticket. How exactly this happens remains quite a mystery. The man claimed to be confused. He couldn't remember getting on the plane or how he was able to get past security and board the flight without a ticket or a passport. So uh, the federal complaint filed in Los Angeles charges Sergei Vladimirovich Okavava with being a stowaway on an aircraft. The FBI says Okagava landed at LAX on November 4th on a Scandinavian Airlines flight from Copenhagen. Copenhagen. When he showed up at the Los Angeles Customs Checkpoint, he had no passport, no visa, and was not listed as a passenger on the flight manifest. He initially claimed that he left his passport on the plane, but it could not be found. Authorities later searched his belongings and found Russian and Israeli identification cards. He's believed to be Russian, as he said he had worked as an economist in Russia and was provided with a Russian translator during his interview. So the flight's crew noticed the very unusual behavior during the flight. This fellow wandered around the plane and kept changing seats. He also asked for two meals during the meal service. See, you can't do that. If you want to blend in, you can't ask for two meals. And at one point, he tried to eat some chocolate that actually belonged to the cabin crew. Also, dead giveaway. The next day, when he was interviewed by FBI agents, he claimed he had not slept for three days and didn't understand what was happening. He also said he didn't remember getting on the plane in Copenhagen or how he got through security without a ticket. The FBI said while aircraft crew members conducted head counts for their individual sections before the flight, those were intended to ensure the plane was balanced for landing and takeoff. It was only after the flight landed and the matter investigated that the airline discovered its passenger count was one person above the manifest. So the FBI says the investigation is still going on. This fella is being held at the Metropolitan Detention Center in downtown Los Angeles. He's expected to be in court later this month. Isn't that weird? And I don't know about you, but it doesn't instill in me a great deal of confidence in our airline security procedures. And meantime, a Delta flight was diverted to a remote town for nearly 24 hours. A Delta flight carrying 270 was diverted to a remote Canadian town. This Delta flight uh, 135 from Amsterdam was diverted to Goose Bay Airport on Sunday. This was a flight carrying 270 people, and the FAA said there was an issue with the plane's de-icing equipment. So according to Delta, isn't it interesting both of these have Delta connections? According to Delta, the crew duty times were impacted due to weather and runway conditions, and uh, it worked with officials on the ground to provide food and accommodations for the passengers. I'm so glad that I wasn't on that flight. Can you imagine you're trying to get to a place and all of a sudden you're diverted to a remote town in Canada? Terrible. All right. Uh, you want to comment on anything we are talking about? Be my guest. 800-848-9222. A lot to get to. Brian Kilmeade still to come. Until next hour, help control the pet population. Get your dog or cat spayed or neutered.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 